Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. Praise God. Let me just go through a couple of things that we've already learned thus far, because I said this is the eighth message, and I know a lot of you haven't heard the messages before. So we already saw that in verse 1, we saw heaven and earth together. It was in order. It was decent. Uh, it was light there. Everything was in order in that first verse. But in the second verse, you saw an earth without the influence of heaven. And when earth is not influenced by heaven, it becomes chaotic. Uh, it becomes dark. Uh, it becomes feel uh, flooded with water. And uh, it is indicative to our lives today, saints of God. When we are influenced by heaven, things in our lives begins to come together. It's less chaotic. We have joy when we shouldn't even have joy. Uh, we have un unspeakable joy sometimes in different situations. Uh, we, we walk in faith when we have heaven's influence in our lives. But on the reverse side, when heaven's influence is not in our lives, our lives becomes more chaotic. It becomes more dark, and we're driven more by our fleshly desires than by the Spirit of God. We, we set our minds on things below and not on things above when we don't have heaven's influence in our lives. And that's why we have to continue to pray. We have to continue to worship God. We have to continue to believe God. We have to continue to, to study his word. We have to continue to forgive because if we don't do those things, we will not have the influence of heaven. Therefore, we will be chaotic. Uh, we will be dark and don't nobody want to be around dark folks. So, so, so this is why it's vitally important to understand the influence of heaven. We also learn that the moving of the spirit made the way for God to speak. Because when we just read over here in Genesis, it says that there was nothing going on. There was no light. Nothing happened. No activity. And the Bible said that the spirit of God moved. And when the spirit of God moved, the Bible said, and God said. So when the spirit moves, it's time for a word from God. That's why praise and worship is so important in church that you get your spirit right first. Then you can get a word. See, a lot of times if you come in church, you don't want to worship. You don't want to give. You don't want to forgive. You just want to come in mad and vexed and bitter. And you can't get a word from God when your spirit is closed. So worship opens you up to the spirit of God. And when, you're, when your heart is open, then he can implant his seed so you can grow. And a lot of times people go into a church. That's why they didn't come out of church and they start complaining and bickering because I didn't get nothing from the message. Well, your heart wasn't right. See, so you can't plant a good seed in bad ground. You got weeds in it and you got all that stuff going on. You got the past. You got what you just came from and the stuff you've been listening to on the radio and all that stuff. People have been yow yowing in your ear all week. All up in there, and when you worship, you cleanse your heart so God can implant that seed in you. That's why it's vitally important. So when there was a move of God, then God said something. He spoke something. He declared something. Then we also learn that the light could not have been the sun. When he said, let there be light, we know that that was not the sun, S-U-N. Why? Because the sun and the moon was created in verse, in verse 4, on the fourth day. So when he said, let there be light, and if it wasn't the sun, then what was the light? S-O-N. Hello, somebody. Oh, that's good news. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that light, man, in a few minutes. That is vitally important because when you say, let there be light, you're not talking about light. You're talking about S-O-N. <laughs> 
this. This is so good. I'm going to come back to that. The Father creates, the Spirit regenerates, and the light illuminates. So the Father created, the Spirit regenerated, and the light illuminated. Father, Spirit, and the Son, the triune God. Because when it said in the beginning, God, that word is Elohim, it's plural. God the Father, God Jesus Christ, God the Spirit. What distinguishes us from other false religions, and I said it, is the absence of Jesus being God. And if Jesus is not God, then why are we in this church? We're wasting our times because we're going to go to hell anyway. Because there would not have been what the Bible called a propitiation, a substitute. See, there had to be a perfect sacrifice to substitute for our sins because we were too sinful to be a sacrifice. So if Jesus Christ was just a man, that means he was born in sin. I'm just saying. Then therefore we're still in our sins. And we are wasting our time doing all this church. I mean, I could have stayed in the bed this morning. Like some of them. <laughs> now, y'all know I ain't want to gossip, so you ain't heard nothing from me. <laughs> Second Corinthians, y'all stop. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 says this. You're very familiar with this passage of Scripture. It says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word. Somebody say every word. Every word shall be established. So this morning, we're going to be learning some biblical truths and some theological constructs that I think that will take you for the rest of your life when you understand about let there be light. First of all, I just want to let you know that ignorance is not bliss. What you don't know can kill you. The Bible teaches us that in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It said, my people are damar. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Uh, Genosco is, is the word in the Hebrew for knowledge. It means that you are destroyed because you, you don't know something. Mm -hmm. See, one of the things that we don't know, we don't know enough, ab enough about doctrine. We don't know enough about what's really in the word of God compared to what man is teaching. And see, you won't know it unless you study it yourself. See, just coming to church on Sunday morning is not going to get you there. You cannot be just a Sunday morning Christian and think you're going to grow. I'm just telling you that right now, saints. If you just open your Bibles just on Sunday mornings, I feel sorry for you. Because you're going to be one weak, shallow Christian. If you don't get into this Bible by yourself, locked up in a room somewhere, and you allow the power of God to begin to infuse you with his understanding and with his wisdom, with his knowledge, with his counsel, then you're really not going to understand all of the biblical truths that God has in his word, not for other people, but for you. Because I don't really care if I get a word for somebody else. I need a word for myself. Uh -huh. And so that's why I don't, I don't go to the Bible to study the Bible to, get a, to preach a sermon. I, I go to the Bible to eat. See, see, the problem with some pastors, they go to the Bible to find a sermon. And then they feed the people. But the people eat better than the pastor. And that's why the pastor becomes shallow because he's not even eating on the word that he's studying. See, I don't go to the Bible to preach. I go to the Bible to eat. And if I eat something and if it tastes good to me, I serve it to you. But you're not going to eat better than me. I was waiting for somebody to say, oh, yes, I am. I was hoping somebody would say that because you should be eating like me. 
right? You might not have to get up here every Sunday. You might not have to be at Bible study on Wednesday nights. But do you not know that I am not going to be with you when you go before God? We're going to be there by ourselves, so we are responsible. The onus is on who? Somebody say he's talking about me. So you're responsible for the word that you have, amen? You can blame me, but I ain't going to be there. Let me give you another word here. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, I told you I'm giving you a lot of scripture today. Let me just go ahead and speak it to you in your hearing. It says, by faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. By, see, this is why it's critical that we read the Bible. By faith, we understand. We do not have blind faith as a Christian. I, I don't have blind faith. I know what I believe. Amen. There's nothing blind about my faith. I know what I believe. But listen, the same atheist or the same agnostic or the same unbeliever that tells you that your faith is blind will pull up over there to QT and they will put that little credit card into that machine. They will pull that nozzle out, put it in their tank, and by faith, they believe it's gas. Right? We do that every day. We don't think it's going to be milk. So they operate in faith too. Is that blind? No, I'm just gas. I know it's gas. I smell it. I know Jesus is real. Why? Because of what he's done in my life. I have a testimony to tell somebody about. Well, I don't believe God is real. That, that's okay. He's real to me. And one day he's going to be really real to you. <laughs> right? One day, one day when the, when the sky cracks open, he's going to be real to everybody. But listen, just try God. What if you're wrong and God is real and you go to hell? But what if I'm wrong and we just cease to exist? It wouldn't matter anyway. But if I'm right and there is an eternal hell, do I want to stake my whole eternity on a theory? I, I, I don't. I mean, I'm smart enough. I know I was educated in Alabama, but I'm smart enough to know that I'm not going to stake my whole eternity on a theory. Amen. For the Bible says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Are you hearing this, saints of God? The worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. What is that? You got to go back to Genesis chapter 1. God created. Bakra. He called into existence something from nothing. That is the exact same thing. That's what, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I'm just giving you another witness from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, so that you can have faith in the word of God, and you can believe it in spite of the persecution that we have to face as Christians. Can I give you another one? Let me give you another witness. You can go to Romans chapter 4, verse 17. It says, God who gives life to the dead calls those things that be not as though they were. How many of you ever said that scripture before? Right? Did you, did you put yourself there? You say, I speak those things that be not as though they were. Well, the Bible didn't say that. The Bible says God who speaks those things that be not as though they were. Why? Because God is the only creator. And if you don't have God, you can speak all you want. Man will never be able to create anything because man is not God. I don't believe in little God's theology either. I don't believe we're little gods. I believe we are sinful men. So with the Spirit of God, you can call out some things. You can, you can pray some things. But God is the ultimate creator. God who speaks those things that be not as though they were. He was not making a reference to prayer. He was making a reference to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. 
He's the creator. That means, guys, we didn't come from monkeys. I thought I was going to get a good cheer on that one. I hope y'all know you ain't come from monkeys. I don't know, I know sometimes we swing by our tails, but I mean, you know. But we, 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 I don't believe in macroevolution. I hope you don't. Because the Bible says God created. So that means there was no, no Big Bang theory to believe in. The only Big Bang it was when God said, bless you, when God said, let there be light, boom. That was the only Big Bang I know of. Come on, come on, come on. If you just listen to science, it's, it's science is cause and effect. Third law of thermodynamics says that if anything remains at rest long enough, it has ceased to exist. So how can muddy water become a tadpole, become a frog, become a monkey, become a man? That's what's in the books. And the books are a complete lie. And they're teaching our children a lie. See, that's why it's incredible. It's, it, it's incredible. It's incredible how many Christians would believe that lie. But God said, let there be light. He spoke everything into existence. So you can trust God, but I'd rather trust God than science. Because he created science. Are you with me here? Are you still there? Are you still there? Is this thing kind of coming together here for you? Amen, amen. Can I go a little bit deeper? Okay, let's go a little deeper then. Let's go to John chapter 1. Are you ready? You guys like going through the word like this? All right, good. I'm going to keep doing it. Okay, John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. Somebody say the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. He. Notice chapter 2, it says he. He who? The Word. Notice that's a pronoun. A pronoun is tied to a noun. He and the Word are the same thing. I didn't mean to take y'all back to school, but. But that's exactly what it means, right? Notice it talked about the word in verse 1, but in verse 2, it uses a pronoun, he. So he is the word. So the word is a person. And we know that that person is who? Jesus, right? So it's the same word that God spoke in the book of Genesis in chapter 1, verse 1. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, so just, just be patient. But I got to lay this foundation before I drop something on you because you won't understand it if I don't lay this foundation. It said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him, in Jesus, in the word was life, and the life was the light. Somebody say the light. Now, notice this word light is coming up again, just like in Genesis chapter 1. It said, let there be light. Now, notice there are some other words that's coming in here with light. It says life is the, the word zoe, zoe, life. It means vigorous. It means compassionate. See, when you are filled with the spirit of God, you should have some passion about you. See, see, I just can't, I just, ooh, I just can't go around people, and then I'm a Christian, and then they're passionate about following Islam, and they're passionate about following Catholicism, and they're passionate about following all these other religions. They'll knock on your door in the middle of the night trying to get you out of bed and tell you about, you know, something that's happening in Brooklyn. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the Jehovah's Witnesses. And so yeah, they'll, they'll ride bicycles for 25, 30 miles just to knock on your door. Come on, talk about Mormonism. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They're passionate about what they do, but then you get a, you, you have a prayer service, and you call some Christians. Shoot, I ain't going up in that prayer. But you know the number one requested thing that Elaine get more than anything from people is prayer. 
the number one requested thing for have a prayer service. <laughs> they were, oh, they, oh, 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 they were, oh, oh, God. Okay, 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 okay. See, I, that's why I need some wisdom. I, I need to do all the praying, right? Okay, well, let me just take my prayers on to heaven then. That, I mean, because if they, you know, if it's up to me. But I thought, I thought, I thought that, you know, we don't have to go through a man anymore. That's what I was thinking. I didn't, I didn't, when you walked in here, you didn't see the Catholic Church on the outside, did you? Now, I know, I know the Pope was in town, and I just know how enamored you guys were, and I just know how you just glued to the TV because the Pope was in town. I know it. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. No, it's not all right. Let me tell you all something. Anytime you have that much worship for a man, something is wrong. Listen, I ain't kissing your ring. I'm just telling you right now, I ain't, I ain't. You know how many, you know how many lips? I'm like, bro, I don't know what that's been. I ain't doing all of that, right? We don't have to go through a man. Listen, listen, let me help somebody. We, Jesus already died. And he said, I make a way of escape for you, not the Pope. Now, I'm not trying to knock those people because they're good people. I know a lot of good Catholics. Wonderful people. But listen, saints, what's true is true. I, I didn't write the book. Anytime you try to go through a man to confess something, you are still in your sins. And I don't know about you, when I read my Bible, there's nobody sinful going to heaven. And there is nothing called purgatory. There is no secret chamber that Catholics get to go to and we can pray you out or give enough money to the church. And then all of a sudden God is pleased with that and then he's going to bring you up to heaven. There's nothing in the Bible about purgatory. That's what they believe. So you, you, you got to understand how to defend the faith. And you can't defend the faith if you don't know what other people believe. Can I give you a little bit more word? Thank you for giving me that liberty. So when we begin to look at this, they said Zoe, life, vigorous, devoted to God. That is a powerful thing, saints of God, because it leads into John chapter 8. So let's, let's go to John chapter 8. This is almost like Wednesday night, isn't it? Because we roll through the word just like this on Wednesday nights. Y'all need to be here on Wednesday nights, too. Wednesday nights are off the chain. I think that's a good thing I just said. Off the chain is good. See, stuff changes. I don't know anymore. Change is too quick for me. It's like crunk. It used to be crunk. I don't even know what crunk is anymore. It's not crunk anymore. See, how I'm way in the best. Y'all supposed to be, the young folks supposed to be helping me out with this kind of stuff. I know y'all, y'all are giving me a cuss word to say, and I'm over here cussing, and then. Mm -hmm. See, my pastor up there cussing. Verse 31, John 8, 31, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in me, my words in you, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's what we read before, saints of God, but this is what I wanted to get to about the word truth, because that word is an amazing word. Can I teach you a little bit about that word? Okay, let me teach you a little bit about the word truth. It is amazing. In the Greek, the word truth is, the, is, the, is the Alephia here? There's Alephia. Okay, you're going to like this Alephia, all right, because the word truth in Greek is the word Alethea. Aletheia. Now, her name is Aletheia, but it's Aletheia, right? It's Aletheia in Greek. Now, 
The root word for that word aletheia is alpha. Ho, ho, glory to God. Now, we know alpha is what? The beginning of the Greek alphabet, right? So truth goes back to alpha. Alpha goes back to Genesis. So you can't get truth unless you go back to the beginning. Come on, somebody. Are you seeing this with me? That's why in the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I am what? Alpha. Why? Because before you can even start with truth, you got to start with me. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. That's truth. Truth is absolute. That's why I like preaching like I preach it, because if you just stay with the Bible, then you can see, man, I believe in truth. It is absolutely true. The world wants you to believe in moral relativism, that something can be right for me, but it don't have to be right for them. That's why they can live in sin like they do. Well, pastor, you can't legislate who I fall in love with. You are absolutely right. I can care less who you fall in love with. Man, woman, dog, I don't care who you fall in love with. That's your business. But, but, but where my problem, my, well, I guess it's my problem. No, it's not even my problem. My solution. My solution is there's a right and a wrong way to do it. Now, just because I believe in truth, it doesn't mean that somehow I'm shallow. Or somehow that is not right. Or somehow I'm not tolerant. Truth doesn't change just because the culture does. And now we know why. Because truth is Jesus. Jesus will not change for Aaron one of y'all. Did I get ghettoed in? I tried to roll my neck, but it just didn't work. He won't change for Aaron one of y'all. So therefore, you can rely on the authenticity of truth because it's Jesus, and he will not change for us. Hello, somebody. So if you fall in love with whoever you want to fall in love with, that's your business. But see, you don't tell me who I can marry. That's my business. I choose to marry according to truth. Now, let me get into something real good here. Truth is the one who created marriage. So if truth created marriage, only truth can change it. And if truth didn't change it, it doesn't matter what somebody else says, including the Supreme Court. Oh, by the way, if you know your Constitution, the Supreme Court can't even make a law. They don't even have the authority to make a law. You do know that, right? They, they, they can only write letters and, and speak to us about things, but they can't make laws. They don't have the power to make a law. See, that's why we have separation of power. Can I teach you a little history here? I'll go back to that in a minute. I, I feel this thing right now. Let me just teach you a little history because I had to go back. I studied the Constitution because I didn't know it. You know, so I studied it. And so there is something called the separation of powers because our founding fathers, they were intelligent enough to know that people would be greedy. <laughs> so let me take it a step further. Do you know that the president does not have the power to make a law? But we're following one right now. That was only passed by the president. So I'm giving you facts, not rhetoric, not talking points. 
you need to know the truth when you come in here. So I'm just going to give you some truth. Are you ready? Are you sure? All right, let me lay it on you. The legislative branch is the only branch that can make a law. That law must be approved or vetoed by the executive branch. And it must be adhered to by the judicial branch. That's separation of power, saints. When any of that gets out of whack, what happens is we don't follow the order of God. Because if you go to the Bible, the Bible speaks of those three specific areas. Representing God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the... See, our, our nation wasn't just founded because it was a nice thing to do. They came here for religious freedom. 32% of the Constitution came from the Bible. So yeah, whatever we believe about the founding fathers, they all had problems, I know that. They had slaves, I know all of that. You got to get, get past all that stuff. I'm getting to the biblical content of what this nation was built upon, and right now those foundation stones have been destroyed. That's why when you come to a church, you need to hear truth. And I'm just the one that's going to give you some truth because we need, to, we need to make sure in whom we believe, especially when it's getting dark. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 said that they're going to call evil good and good evil. When, when you're a Christian today, you call evil. You know some of us are listed as terrorists? A pastor, I'm a terrorist. Calling evil good and good evil. Are we living in Isaiah's day right now? You best believe we are. We're being persecuted right now. Christians are being beheaded right now. Persecution of Christians. Oh, boy, it got quiet in here then, didn't it? You know that's going to come to our shores if we don't do something about it? Unfortunately, it's probably going to have to change the presidents to get something about, done about it. But we need to do something. I'm a military man. We need to do something about ISIS right now. Because I'm going to tell you, saints of God, I don't know about you, but I don't want bombs to drop in America. It's coming to that if we don't do something. I'd rather drop some bombs over there, get some things done, and we can get it done. We got the most powerful military in the world. Amen. Well, if we don't stop Vladimir Putin, we won't, because he's arming up while we're disarming our military. So these are facts, saints. I like to give you facts, because I'm, I'm deep into this kind of stuff, because I, I, don't, I don't get into talking points and what somebody said on CNN or Fox News. I want facts for myself, because as a preacher, I'm giving you the truth. And that's what you need to hear is truth. That's why I got quiet in here. That's all right. I'm going to keep preaching it anyway. I'm going to keep on teaching. <laughs> Thank you, sister. You're giving me that liberty. I'm going to go ahead with it then. For the Bible says the truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. So now what's the truth? Jesus. So, so we can make that up to be a fact, right? So let's go to John 8 and 12. Turn back. John 8 and 12. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Now he's saying, I'm the light that God spoke about. So that's just another witness, saints of God. He said, I am the light. When God said, let there be light, that's me. Now I am the light of the world. In other words, I came to light up your life. 
Are you, are you here? Okay. Okay. So, so God didn't just speak light into existence. Jesus just did not become light for us. He said, we're going to be the light. Hello, somebody. So, so the only way we can be the light, something had to transfer off of the life of Jesus. Uh, okay, let's go to John 14. Okay, John 14. All right, y'all looking at me with that deer in the headlights. This was not in my message, but let's go there anyway. John 14. He talks about, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. How many of you guys ever heard that at a funeral? Yeah, that's what they preach, right? So in my house, there are many mansions, and if there were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you shall be there also. How many, how many of you thought that there were houses in heaven? Mansions? I'm going to get a mansion in heaven. Y'all, there ain't going to be no houses in heaven. Y'all do know that, right? That word mansion is not like a house that we live in. That's why you got to understand Greek. See, it's, it's, it's abode. It's his abode. It's his presence. Why are you going to need a house anyway? You ain't going to sleep. This body that you live in right now, that's not going to be the same body that you're going to have in heaven. It's going to be a glorified body. So you think you're going to have a mansion? So, so, so then, okay, let's go there for a second. So if we have a house in heaven based on how we live on the earth, some husbands and wives are going to be fighting in heaven. <laughs> I ain't lying. I ain't lying because I know how I'm living, right? But if I get to heaven and her house is bigger than mine, we're fighting. I ain't lying. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. So do you believe God is going to take it to court in heaven, right? <laughs> and God is, on, is the judge. So anyway, so, so, so why would there be houses in, in heaven? Like, Jesus, God is not going to have that kind of mess in heaven. Right? I know that's what we heard all these years, but that's not true. He ain't going to need no house. Come on. I, I ain't seen nothing in the book of Revelation about us living in houses. And I've studied it from chapter 1 to 22. Not once was ever mentioned that we're going to have big mansions in heaven. But it did say we're going to be in a city. And the holy city is about the size of America. Now, I did see that part. So maybe the whole city is our house. Oh, yeah, I'll take that too. Thank you. I'll take that for 500, Alex. That's mine. So, so when he says, I am the light of the world, he who follows me. What's my time looking like? He who follows me. Follow. Follow in the Greek is in the present tense. It didn't say he who followed. Okay, so let me just fly in the face because I told you I deal in truth, right? So let me just talk about this one save. I always save stuff. So, so the, the Bible is very clear. Jesus says, he who follows me. Present tense. Not past not future. So if you're not following him now, you're out of his will. Well, well, pastor, I said a prayer that, that's followed, that's past tense. But what are you doing today? Are you following him today? Are you forgiving people today? Are you loving people today? Are you doing the things that God has asked you to do or better yet commanded you to do today? Because today is the day of salvation. Nobody knows the day or the hour. 
And anytime you get some false prophet to get up and say, well, Jesus is coming at a particular time, you can just turn the television off because it's a lie. No man knows the day nor the hour. Jesus Christ himself said, I don't even know when the Father is going to send me to come and get my woman. So if Jesus doesn't know, how dare man have the arrogance to think he knows when Jesus is coming back? That's what messed up the Jehovah's Witnesses. They, he was supposed to come back back in the 30s. Well, first it was 1914, and then, then they had to change stuff up. No, we missed it. Yeah, you did. They got all kinds of dates out there when Jesus was supposed to come back. And right there, I could have told them, y'all lying. Yep. Your lips are moving as he was lying. So, so let's like Stephen Koresh, Al Van Waco, they, they, they said the same thing. Oh, God is coming back. And y'all remember that time when they, all them, I don't know what was going on, all of them was wearing Nikes. And, and you guys remember that? They was wearing Nikes when they found them all dead. They drunk some, some, some magic Kool-Aid. And uh, th that was God too. That was God. That was God. You know, so anytime man puts himself in the place of God, people die. When Nero put himself in the place of God, people died. When Herod put himself in the place of God, people died. When Pharaoh put himself in the place of God, people died. The Antichrist is going to put himself in the place of God, and people are going to die. Can I give you one more scripture? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. I think this is going to be the last one, and I hope you've been blessed by this, but I didn't get anywhere that I wanted to go. Good Lord. Y'all got to stop asking questions when I preach. I'm trying to answer all your questions. I'm, get, I'm getting them supernaturally, and y'all got to stop asking questions. If y'all just stop asking questions, I could just go on with my message. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says this. I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. It says, this is Apostle Paul. He says, for God who said, let there be light and darkness. This is another witness. Let there be light and darkness has made us understand that this light, listen to P Apostle Paul, that this light is the brightness of the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. So if you didn't hear anything I said, what Apostle Paul just said is in the beginning, when God said, let there be light, it was the glory of Jesus Christ. That's why it was not S-U-N. Because S-U-N is not the glory of God. As a matter of fact, the, the S-U-N, if you go to the book of Revelation, it's destroyed. And the only light that's left is the light that started in the beginning. Because if you go to the end of the book, it says that Jesus Christ will provide the light yes, yes. over the whole world. <laughs> there will be no shadow. Y'all don't sound too excited. See, what I'm telling you, saints of God, is you can trust the authenticity of this Bible when it's preached right. You know, I didn't add anything to this. None of my biases. I didn't add anything to this. So if we just preach the word that, like the word is, we can have a better understanding of the Bible. Amen? We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. 
visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.